Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. MRN Crew Call on MRN.com is presented by MoneyLion, the world's most powerful financial membership. MoneyLion, here we roar. And also brought to you by Hercules Tires. Ride on our strengths. Hello and welcome to another episode of MRN Crew Call presented by Money Lion. I'm your host, Rocco Williams, and I have a special treat for you today. I have Brian Holland, pit crew coach from Joe Gibbs Racing in the studio today. Thank you for joining us today, Brian. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. We've, we've been blessed by the number 18 team, 11 members, the number 11 members who come in the show. But to have the pit crew coach from Joe Gibbs Racing, it's a big deal. So all you young athletes, you young crew members, you definitely want to pay attention to the words that the man, Brian Holland, will be speaking today in a conversation that we're going to talk about. Thank you for joining us. It's going to be fun. Absolutely. So let's, in a nutshell, this is Wednesday. We already know the events that have happened at at, um, Pocono. You know, Xfinity was in Iowa, and the trucks were in Pocono as well. Chase Briscoe won in um, Iowa, and uh, Ross Chastain busting watermelons on Victory Lane, but it's really special for you at Pocono because you guys finished first, second, and third. Ran the podium at Pocono. I mean, that's got to be pretty cool for your team, right? Yeah, I mean, that was obviously it's special when you can you can run that that well. Um, we're probably a couple more caution laps or, you know, away from possibly not finishing that good because of the way fuel mileage worked out. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we'll definitely take that finish for sure. I, I remember when we were racing at Pocono and it was 500 miles. You know, you remember that too, Brian. It, yeah. it, it was a snoozer. It was grueling, you know. But it was exciting, this race. Um, you know, the PJ1 application that they applied to the track and just maybe a combination of that and the setups and just uh, – the fight and desire with five races left to make the playoffs made that race pretty exciting. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, it was definitely exciting. And, you know, from JGR standpoint, you've got the 20 car that, that hasn't won yet. And, and you know, Jones has, has really had three really solid weeks where he's finished in the top three. Um, but their game was a little bit different. Like we really can't run out of fuel because that would put us what 25th and, and really take a hit on the points. Um, and he, he probably couldn't be as aggressive because he's worrying about the fuel deal. But mm-hmm. uh, in the end, uh, <laughs> finishing second was pretty good for him in, in the point situation. Let me ask you this. How do you know which pit box to stand in on a race like that? Okay, you see one driver of your drivers and your crew is running first. One is in second. One is in third or could be in third. How do you know which box to sit in or do you not want to jinx it? Do you have a routine with that or what? I mean, honestly, uh, we've been really fortunate this year. Uh, a lot of hard work by a lot of people, but we—I think we've won something like eleven races, and I think I've been in the in the winning stall maybe once. Um, so I, I typically, you know, that those moments are for the guys. Um, you know, the work that I do with them throughout the week—it's obviously it sets them up for success on the weekend. But at, at the end of the day, they're the ones that d- deserve the spotlight in, in the celebrating and, and I'll catch up with them 
a little later on if I mm-hmm. if I duck into victory lane and tell him congrats. <laughs> so um, that's just kind of the way I like. You're a better it. one than I am because if I was out there coaching, I'd be right out, <laughs> I'd be right out there with him in the hats, you know. But I, I understand you have to be a leader. You have to. I understand what you're coming from, but with you being in the studio today, I'm going to take some time just to read off um, what Denny Hamlin accomplished. He won the 46th annual Gander RV 400. This is his 34th victory in 491 Monster Energy Cup races, his third victory and 13th top 10 finish in 2019. This is his fifth victory in the 18th top 10 finish in 28 races at Pocono. Eric Jones, your his teammate who finished second, posted his fifth top 10 finish in six races at Pocono. It is his 11th top 10 finish in 2019. And Truex, who finished third, posted his 11th top 10 finish in 28 races at Pocono Raceway. And with that being said, I alluded to earlier, we are five races away from the playoff starting. So with you guys and you as a pit crew coach, when I say that you're five races away from the playoffs, what goes through your mind when I say that? I mean, honestly, just we, we've gone through a couple of deals over the last couple of months where guys, um, you know, we had a kid off the 20 car miss Pocono. Um, so my biggest concern mm-hmm. is make sure the guys are healthy, mm-hmm. make sure we're adjusting workouts to, to be as fresh as we can be, you know, throughout the playoffs. Yeah. And it's such a long season. You know, we start from February to November. You know, uh, that is legit concern. It yeah. is, and and then the change from you know six men to five men pit stops. We still don't have enough information to know how these guys' bodies are going to hold up because really we we put so much stress on them last year with the change in extra practices, and you know you just really gotta gotta be careful with some of these you know athletes that are in their mid thirties. Mm-hmm. We're here today on MRN Crew Call presented by Moneyline with the head with the pit crew coach for Joe Gibbs Racing. We're going to talk about so much more about the intricacies of how it works at Joe Gibbs Racing as well as some of the athletes and their transitions and how we decide what races they do. So you don't want to miss out what Brian has got to talk about. Make sure you come right stay stay put. All right. We'll be right back with more from MRN Crew Call. At the Goddard School, teachers customize lessons so children can explore their interests, have fun, and learn the skills they need for success in school and beyond. From infant sign language to pre-K students tackling STEAM learning, our Flex Learning Program or Fun Learning Experience is grounded in research that shows the most genuine learning occurs when children are having fun. Our teachers leverage this through lessons inspired by children's imaginations. To enroll, visit GoddardSchool.com. The Goddard School, learning for fun, learning for life. Did you know that banks collected over $15 billion in unnecessary bank fees last year? Come on, enough is enough. It's time we took back control of our finances. That's why Moneyline is proud to bring you the financial crew chief and to be a NASCAR sponsor. Look, no one knows more about hard work and pursuing their dreams than NASCAR fans, drivers, and teams. So we want to bring you the kind of banking that the big banks would never build, with features like zero-fee checking and zero-fee investment accounts. And because life is also meant for a join, with Money Lion, NASCAR fans get even more. We're giving away 1,500 NASCAR tickets to our members this year. Plus, you can get 5% cash back on NASCAR tickets at track purchases and all purchases at NASCAR.com. Learn more at MoneyLion.com or download our app. This is America's most powerful financial membership. Money Lion, here we roar. We're back. 
Marine Crew Call. I'm Rocco Williams, and I'm joined today with Brian Holland. As I promised, we're going to dive right into who Brian Holland is, this pit crew coach from Joe Gibbs Racing. Where did he come from? Omaha, Nebraska, is that right? Well, originally from Minot, North Dakota, but I did play college <laughs> hockey in Omaha. North Dakota, Omaha, what's the difference? I mean, I mean, I've never been to North Dakota. I mean, yeah, I've bought steaks from Omaha, but I mean, is there really a difference between the two? Probably snow and, <laughs> and windshield. <laughs> so you as a hockey player, I mean, if you would describe yourself as a hockey player, I read you were tenacious and you would never quit. I mean, you know, I, I didn't know you personally as a tire changer early on in our career, but you were always around. You didn't seem like somebody who would... Rip somebody's face off. I mean, did you change personalities when you put that hockey mask on? Or something? Well, I mean, I was a goalie, so you can only <laughs> fight so much with all that gear on. But but I got in a few altercations along the way. <laughs> I want to talk about this school that you have. Not only are you the pit crew coach at Joe Gibbs Racing, and uh, you were a hockey goalie for D1 University as well, you created this school, old school, goal school. How did that come about, and uh, exactly what is it? Well, we had to come up with a unique name, um, old school, goal school. You're just not going to sell a lot on Brian Holland's goalie school, right? <laughs> Especially in, in the South. It might do well in North Dakota. but um, So I had to come up with a unique name. But but really, I have such a passion for coaching and you know playing that position. And, and goalies are, are a, you know, a position that don't get a ton of attention. And, and there will be plenty of hockey coaches that will tell you, like, look, I don't know anything about goalies. I know they're weird and, and you know, whatever. But they either stop the puck they or they – Do they say that? You're yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're well, the weird a few. I mean, who team. wants to stand in front of a 100-mile-an-hour slap go. shot, right? But uh, – Okay. Yeah. So he, he, we started that, and, and literally it started with one kid. And, you know, I started realizing that there was a, a need for it. And, and we've grown so much that – you know, I can announce that I'm going to have a camp and it'll sell out in six hours. Um, you know, so it's all the years of, of being mm-hmm. consistent with it. Um, we're up to during the hockey season where I'll see 45 goalies a week. Um, so it, it's you look at you know what kind of schedule I have, right? <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, how do you do that? You get up at, you know, <laughs> 530 in the morning, you know, and, and you're out the door at six. And some nights I get home at 11 o'clock at night, mm-hmm. you know, to go back. I have the best wife in the world. And, you know, my kids are, are into hockey. Now they're getting to the age where they'll they'll come down to the rink and I'll, I'll see them then. So you can it, play those pitches. We have some pitches of that as well for all of our, our lookers who are, are viewing our show, you know, as well. That is a, a pretty demanding schedule. I don't know how you managed to juggle that, you know, with the teams that you were a part of. And, you know, the success of that camp, as well as being a professional athlete. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's obviously racing. It, it it scares you at times, mm-hmm. right? You you worry about, Look at that you know, you worry about losing your, you know, that's a cute <laughs> one. Um, you lose it. You worry about sponsorship, you know, closing down a team. And, and you know, I have a family now and, mm-hmm. and hockey is, is another avenue for me to, to you know, I just keep working hard at that because, heck, you never you never know what, what you may have to pursue full-time if, if something were to happen, you know, in this industry. Look at you, ahead of the game. That's why this is the Moneyline Financial Crew Chief. It's not just about pit, pitting cars, youngsters. Look, you'll get kisses like that that he's getting if you're thinking about the future. That's your wife right there. Shout, <laughs> shout out your wife right there. What's her name? That's Sweet Heather right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sweet Heather. And you have to think about that. It's not just about pitting cars, having fun. We already know he's crazy because he's a hockey goalie. <laughs> he likes standing in front of 100-mile-per-hour pucks, so he wants to jump out in front of cars, you know, as well, which is crazy at the same time. 
but you have to have a plan B, you know, with this, because in our, in our uh, field or our line of work, you know, job security is terrible, right? You know, I mean, just with the demands and uh, imagine a team like Joe Gibbs racing, you know, when um, the margin for error is so small, when you can win every single week, you know, that is a terrible situation for a pit crew member. <laughs> if you're in a, on a pit crew that can win every single week, you are probably going to have some gray hairs before yeah. the end of the the middle of the year, right? Right, absolutely. But, <laughs> you know, I, th- I think a lot of it is the people we have in place. You know, at Joe Gibbs Racing, we're looking for the top 5% in every position, right? Mm-hmm. If, if you're an average picker guy, we're, we're not necessarily interested in you. We, we want the very best that, that there is available. Can you clue me in on this timeline? You know, get this timeline. So you started out at Hendrick Motorsports with your first team. And then can you just walk me through that progression, which ultimately led you to the head coach of Joe Gibbs Racing? Is that being a head coach something that you saw yourself doing year one as a pit crew member? Or did that kind of develop as your career developed? You know, so I was I was lucky to, you know, coming from a hockey background mm-hmm. and, and we had a, a team psychologist in Omaha and, and his name was Dr. Jack Stark. Um, I know he's been instrumental in many pit crew guys, you know, careers. Um, he's the guy that introduced me to this. And, and honestly, I wouldn't be sitting here with without having known him. Jack is is an amazing person. Did he have to grab your arm and pull you in or did <laughs> well, he convince you or was like, hey, try this out? And you're like, yes, sir, Mr. Starks. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it, it was we used to talk a little bit about NASCAR when he first got into it. And he'd come, you know, speak to us in the locker room and whatever. And and I just I showed some interest and then him along with Andy Papa mm-hmm. over at Hendrick had an idea to to bring you know an athlete in and, and see if he can learn to change tires and and mm-hmm. I was the guy that was fortunate enough to get that that chance you know back in 2004 is is when I started at Hendrick at Hendrick yep okay so you were at a Hendrick and what cars were you a part of and what were your responsibilities so I never got an opportunity to change on one of the Cup cars over there. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole developmental program was was brand new, and I, I think there was hesitation from a lot of the crew chiefs to, you know, really have a guy that that's just an athlete learn how to change tires. And I don't want to test him out on on the forty eight car, exactly. right? I got close, but uh, never really got that opportunity. But I, I spent a lot of time in the you know Xfinity series at at the time, uh, changed tires for Kyle Bush over there. Mm-hmm. Um, never never really made it. So in two thousand eight, they the end of 2007, they ended up hiring like four different tire changers for the the cup level. And and I kind of got passed up there and, and thought, you know, I had a conversation with Matt Clark, who who was the the pit coach over there. I said, what do I have to do just to get a chance? Like, let me fail or or something. But uh, he said, you know, basically, unfortunately, you need to go prove somewhere else that that you can you can do this mm-hmm. and then maybe there'll be a chance someday that you can come back and, and and be on one of our our four teams can i pause you right there yeah because that is a great comment that you you said right there and that's real because a lot of um these younger athletes they get so enamored with the bigger teams and they'll overlook the little teams they just want to go straight up to the 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 the, the show the show you know yeah. they want to go up to the top and when you're learning you're going to make mistakes you're going to have to to figure out to do you know the right way to do things by doing them but when you're on a team that's running up front you can't make mistakes so how will you learn and those guys who make mistakes on those top level teams they do themselves a disadvantage 
as opposed to those who start off on the lower levels, maybe not the premier teams, get those mistakes out the way, then approach the the the, the premier teams. Would that make sense? Yeah, you no, you're, you're absolutely right. It, it's about getting that over-the-wall experience. Yes. And, you know, a lot of teams like JGR, we're aligned with, with some other you know, smaller teams that, that we provide pit crews for. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, we don't want anybody to go out and make mistakes, but if they're going to make a mistake, make it on one of those cars. And, and then hopefully when we, we move them up the, the ladder, you know, to one of our Xfinity cars and they go out and they prove that they can do a good job on that, you know, ultimately then, then they get their opportunity on the cup side. Are there any, um, looking in the future, you know, is there anything you would change about the sport, you know, uh, as from what it is now, you know, just looking at the future, if you had this special wand that would just change anything that you want it to be. What? Well, if you, if you would have asked me this question previous to last week, the only thing that was on my mind is is the uncontrolled tire rule mm-hmm. and the arm's length and what is arm's length. And, and we're trying to do these adjustments. Why and, is that important to you? Because well, you got hit with a penalty? Oh, gosh. we. Okay, so <laughs> Denny has four uncontrolled tire penalties, you know, this year. And none of my other teams have any, so I'm getting just you know hammered on Monday. Speeding but tickets, <laughs> uncontrolled tires. Why well, is it just Denny? It, the speeding <laughs> ticket. I don't. That coach can take that up with him, but coach wants to bring up the the uncontrolled tire penalty with me. And and man, it's such such a fine line. And some of it seems like a judgment call. And I go back and I review film and I, and I look at other teams, and they didn't get called, and we got called. So. Um, I am so thankful that, that NASCAR... Is it arm length? Did you measure the arm length of the 11 crew members compared to your other crew members? Maybe they have two inches <laughs> shorter arms or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's... Uh, my first response to that was kind of, okay, can, we, can I have my spot back at Kentucky? <laughs> you know, because we, yeah. were, we were running really well and took us out of the race there. So It did. It's a judgment call. I agree. I, I'm excited to, to the fact that they did change that rule. You know, being that it's just such a fine line between controlled and uncontrolled, it's all based on perception, you know. So I'm glad that they did that. It'll make our jobs a lot easier, you, yeah. know, you know, for what we do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that, and now it's pretty clear that if it gets into somebody else's pit stall, it affects their <laughs> stop. Yeah, it, it, it's uncontrolled. Or if it, if it becomes a safety issue, you know, obviously NASCAR does a good job policing that. Mm. Speaking of tires, Hercules Tires is giving away free tires. And if you want a set of free tires, all you have to do is go to Hercules.com, HerculesTires.com, HerculesTire.com, backslash MRN. Register there for your chance to win a free set of Hercules Tires. And, hey, we're going to get schooled when we get back with Brian Holland, pit crew coach from Joe Gibbs Racing, when we come back. your chance to win a set of your very own hercules tires go to HerculesTires.com slash mrn simply register and each month we'll give away one set of tires hercules tires has the value selection and industry leading mileage coverage to get you wherever you need to go no matter where the road takes you register now for your chance to win a set of hercules tires at HerculesTires.com slash mrn hercules tires ride on our street you can grab a hot dog anywhere. Hey, what'll it be? But you can't always grab one from the trackside concessions where the guy's been slinging since you were a kid. 300 calories turning into 300 decibels, cheering Martin Truex Jr. until he clinches the win. Take a bite. And if you taste something greater, you're family now. 
The summer's heating up. Follow what could be the Toyota Racing family's best season ever at toyotaracing.com. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark for the National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Jeff Gordon has come from virtually nowhere. He's one of NASCAR's all-time greats. For the 93rd time in his career. A pioneering champion. Be at the right place at the right time. The kid who took on the good old boys and changed NASCAR. We started to go toe-to-toe from Earnhardt. MRN presents a 10-part podcast series that traces Jeff Gordon's rise to NASCAR legend. Jeff Gordon, the colorful career of the Rainbow Warrior. Available now at MRN.com and your favorite podcast source. Get in School is presented by the Goddard School, the best childhood preparation for social and academic success. Visit GoddardSchool.com for more information. The Goddard School, learning for fun, learning for life. Do you have any kids, Brian? Yeah, I've got three boys. You have three boys? I have four. Oh, boy. I have two and two. The girls are on the end, and um, all of my kids have started from uh, Goddard School, from infancy to to kindergarten, you know, and it was just such a big advantage for us. But there's still a bunch of knuckleheads now. I don't know. I need to find a book that teaches me how to do this the right way with my kids. I mean, is, do you have the same? <laughs> I tell you what, I think I can get any any kid that I coach in hockey or any of my pit crew guys to do about anything. But my three boys <laughs> won't listen to me where the, <laughs> at oh, well, all. Well, good. I'm glad it's not just me. I don't understand, you know, because we're around so many other guys. And like you said, they listen to, yeah. to me, but my own kids won't. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so anyways, like I said, we uh, looking back this past weekend, you had the trucks and the cup cars in Pocono, and then you had the Xfinity car in Iowa. I was always curious to how Joe Gibbs particularly designated who went where and what that process was like. Yeah, so our our Xfinity program, we have three cars there that run full-time, and typically we have three cup teams that will pit that. Now when it comes to a, a non-companion event, we first asked the guys, hey, who's interested in going to Iowa? And really? from there, we, we we let the guys decide and, and you know, tell them to travel, <laughs> how it's how it's going to play out, and possibly pay them a little bit more to, to go and do that, but more than they would typically get. Does it become a bid and war? Uh, it maybe has. <laughs> oh, but, I'll do it for this. <laughs> yeah. Well, but no, what I love about those non-companion events is it, it allows guys that are, are coming up through our system mm-hmm. a really good opportunity to go to, to Iowa and pit with a couple of cup guys or just, just showcase what they can do. So um, I get excited for those those non-companion races to see the film when they get back and, and, mm-hmm. and see who did a, a really good job or, or see who, what somebody else needs to work on to, to make the, the next step. But uh, when you when you start talking about a truck race at the same time or, in, you know, in a different location mm-hmm. than an Xfinity race, that that gets pretty complicated. And you get you get down to where, <laughs> gosh, I was on a, ba- a rain plan if Iowa would have rained out. <laughs> they were running on. Yeah, oh, we were. God. I was. uh I was going to come out of retirement and, and change tires, which I I keep joking that I'm going to do it, but I, w- I would have loved it. I told him I'm going to go on Christopher Bell's car if, mm-hmm. if that's the case. I'm, I'm not doing it unless I got – well, any of the cars had a chance to win, but C. Bell has, has been really, really good there at Iowa, so that would have been fun to, to When was out. the last time you changed tires? Oh, gosh. We put together a, a dream team. <laughs> a, a dream team. Yep. <laughs> every once in a while at these at these truck races. It's probably been six or seven years ago. Six or seven years. Man, I would have thought you would have tapped on a few lug nuts, but you're in a different position. You know, when you're in a management position and 
you have to manage those athletes. It's so tough to be one of those coaches that are still pitting. You know, I know there's coaches that do that, but I feel like you have to have that tunnel vision. But at the same time, you gain experiences from pitting cards with your peers as well. So, I mean, I don't think there's not a way that's right or wrong, but preferably my opinion, I would I would have to not go over the wall anymore if I was going to be a full-time coach. Yeah, over, you know, that I went from, from Hendrick, I made a stop at Red Bull and then eventually ended up at Penske where I spent, you know, really 10 years there. And and that was one of their things is they said, look, we'd really like you to just coach and, and stop going over the wall. Um, I think the lessons I learned in, in, you know, as a tire changer and what I saw and, and how I can understand, you know, when a tire changer comes up with, you know, one of the excuses in, in the book of excuses, right? I, I know if it's legit or it's not. Because um, y'all have those excuses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And those um, tire changers, man. It might be the Jack man now is the pre, prima donna now because he has that dual role in carrier and, and Jack in the car to, or is it the tire change is still pretty yeah, much prima donna? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, you don't have to answer that. <laughs> None of my guys, they're they're all good, but no. It's uh there there's always something that you know, every stop that, that mm-hmm. could be a little bit better. Let me ask you this, just for our our young crew members listening. Is Joe Gibbs looking for a new talent? You yeah. Know, is that an option yeah. for them? And how do they get about how do they come about getting your attention? Yeah, I mean, uh, we've got a developmental coach, John Royer, does mm-hmm. a really good job with those those kids, and and he's constantly looking for opportunities to pit other cars outside of JGR, <laughs> and you know, ultimately we we want to attract talent and, and be able to to see them and evaluate them, and and we'll have a good idea after probably four to six months if if they're going to be the next best thing or it's time to to move on so yes there's there's definitely a lot of opportunity you know at, Brian, at the ground I'm level feeling, coming in i'm feeling a type of way man you know i'm feeling like man if you were around at joe gibbs 10 years ago i might have had a shot there because <laughs> i knew no other way to get into joe gibbs racing it's like they didn't have a a, a forefront pit crew coach they were almost like a mystery team that always had great athletes that always were winning races but they just seemed to appear on the teams. It was like almost a, a backdoor, uh, in the dark alley, back alley meeting on how you got on to Joe Gibbs racing, you know. And um, I'm like, man, where were you at 10 years ago when I was trying to throw my resume around or get some attention? Well, I, I, jo- <laughs> I joke with the guys over there now. I said, you know, I I came here and tried out about 12 <laughs> years ago, right? And, and I wasn't good enough as a tire changer, but no, you, know, your coach. <laughs> you never you never know how, how the things are going to work out for you. But uh, mm-hmm. really, really an unbelievable opportunity for me over at JGR. You alluded to some 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 good things. You know, you were you haven't changed tires in six years. And as a coach now, you're presented you're, you have athletes placed in front of you who've been doing it a long time. You know, at the same time, there comes a point in everyone's professional career where the father time, you know, catches up with you. How do you know when it's time to make a change with a crew member due to the fact that maybe he is just too old now or he's... That, that's a that's a fine line and I, I think everybody understands it you, you mm-hmm. know because ultimately we're we're looking at guys to do their best stops all the time and, mm-hmm. and, and when it becomes a question of okay are we asking him to do the best stops of his career at the end of his career and, and if he's not able to to hold that standard then then obviously it, it, it's nothing to do with age mm-hmm. I'll, I'll have 
all 50 year olds if they perform, mm-hmm. you know, at a certain level. So consistency is what you're looking for. Consistency mm-hmm. and speed. And I mean, our, our goal is to, to have the best pit crews each and every week. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, the age part of it, I, I, I like it when a guy gets to a point where he can make that decision on his own mm-hmm. and says, Hey, look, this is just too much for me. I'm, I'm not going to be able to hold these standards that you have for me. And, and you know, ultimately, those are the best ways for a guy to go out and retire mm-hmm. on his own terms. Because um, if you wait for the coach to tell you you're not good enough anymore, then <laughs> then those relationships that you've worked so many years to make mm-hmm. and, and have, you know, they become damaged for for you know, good point. A little while. Brian Holland, the pit crew coach for Joe Gibbs Race, and he's teaching you how to stay in the game, you old heads out there, and not break those relationships. Hey, we got our clutch performers coming up next on our next section. Come back. We'll be right here. Clutch Coffee Bar in Mooresville, North Carolina is redefining the drive through coffee game in Race City, USA. The Clutch experience is fast, friendly, and delicious. Quality drinks and unmatched customer service is the name of the game. Clutch Coffee Bar offers signature lattes and mochas, custom flavor-infused energy drinks, smoothies, and more. Over 25 flavors, there's something for everyone. Visit our two locations in Mooresville, 356 Williamson Road and 154 West Plaza Drive. Open daily from 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. Power up today with Clutch Coffee Bar. What's up? Vaughn Gittin Jr. here. How would you like the keys to a 700-horsepower, custom-built Ford Mustang RTR? Designed by none other than NASCAR champ Joey Logano, the RTR design team, and me. It's one of three Mustangs you could win in the Money Lion Here We Roar sweepstakes. How do you enter? Just text ROAR to 95615 or visit roarsweepstakes.moneylion.com. No purchase necessary. It's 1019. Must be 18 or older. For official sweepstake rules, visit roarsweepstakes.moneylion.com. Hi, folks. Mike Bagley here. At MRN, we rely on equipment from Racing Electronics. Joey Legato to the lead on the back straightaway. Racing Electronics has scanners and headphones. We can listen to every uncensored conversation between driver and crew. You want the championship, baby? Yeah! And when we need live audio, in-car cameras, and up-to-the-second statistics, use their latest handheld unit called Legend. To learn more about these products and many others, visit RacingElectronics.com. Racing Electronics, the official two-way communication partner of MRN. MRN Crew Call presented by Moneyline, and we're back with the Clutch Performance of the Week, my favorite part of the show. We highlight those athletes who perform at a high level week in and week out on a consistent basis, and we honor them with Clutch Coffee, smoothies, energy drinks, whatever you can have. And the winners of this week's Clutch Coffee Performance of the Week is the number 95, Mike DiBenedetto Pit Crew. And that consists of Chris Hall as a tire carrier, Charles Thacker as the jackman, Adam Hartman as the front changer, Devin Yoker as the rear changer, and Brian, my man, Slash, Brian Eastland on the field. And I call him Slash because Brian could probably do every single position on the crew. You know, is that right, Brian? He absolutely can. Now <laughs> now that we've moved him to the fueling position, there's nothing he can't do. So, um, Oh, yeah. this is... This is Brian's pit crew, by the way. You know, explain that relationship on how you're Joe Gibbs racing, but you do you supply the pit crew for Levine Family Racing as well. Yeah, we've got, and they're basically our our developmental crew that mm-hmm. that I would pull a guy. You know, if if we have an injury or, or somebody's sick, um, we would we would lean on that crew first to fill that spot. So. But Eastland is our universal backup at the track. <laughs> um, we have one of the the LFR 
uh, mechanics that would actually go in and fuel and Brian would come to one of the JGR cars and do whatever we needed him to do. So, awesome. Yeah, he's pretty valuable. Speaking of awesome pit crew members, I want to read something that my man Bob Pockress wrote in uh, Thursday, May 15th, 2008. And Brian, this probably um, hits closest home with you because it involves you. But anyway, uh, in Charlotte, this is uh, 2008 Red Bulls racing number 83 team won the NASCAR Sprint Cup Series Pit Crew Challenge, winning the skills competition final over Joe Gibbs racing number 11 team. The Brian Vickers pit crew edged Denny Hamlin's crew by a foot in the final with a winning margin of 0.109 seconds at what was then called Time Warner Cable Arena, now Spectrum Arena. The fourth annual pit crew event saw its fourth winner, fourth different winner, the number 83 team of specialists, None that work in the shop consist of a gas man, Doug Newell, catch can man, Mike Metcalf, front tire changer, Brian Holland, my man, front tire carrier, carrier, Aaron Shields, rear tire changer, Danny Kincaid, and rear tire carrier, Jake Brzezowski, and jack man, Sean Pete. Man, when I hear those names, I can't. <laughs> you're smiling too, Brian. Yeah. Why are you smiling right now, man? <laughs> that, that was a lot of fun, you know, and, and the thing that, that blew me away is so, so many times you try to prepare the right way and, mm-hmm. and, and you set yourself out to work so hard to achieve something. And, and when Red Bull was in the sport, they were all about athletes. And, and so if there was an athletic event where, where we had down there where you have to push a race car, if there was any team that should win that, it, it was our team. And, and honestly, we worked so, so hard, you know, with, with Greg Miller and, and Ben Cook. Um, y'all cheated somehow. Y'all had Honestly, we did not cheat. Y'all put we, a motor in that car or something, man. Uh, yeah. From, the, the like, January 1st, we started pushing. You know, we practiced up at the pit school. So we started pushing a race car around there. Single guy pushes, team pushes. It was the last thing we wanted to do is push, but, but it was nice to see – the team get rewarded with with a win um, in that competition. It was it was so much fun. I wish we still had that. I know, and we got to figure out a way to get it back. And mind you, you said Red Bull was all about the athletes only. They weren't the first to do that. Other teams started doing that as well, but they really embraced and wrapped their arms around that concept and kicked the door wide in. Not only in just what they were paying guys to be over there and perform, but they changed the culture of how pit crew members were viewed and how they interacted at the shop. There was no more of that whole work in the shop for six hours, two hours of practice. It was strictly, hey, if you're going to be a pit crew member, you're going to be a pit crew member, not a mechanic and pit crew member. And uh, that they just blew me away with that concept. <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, it was so nice to have the the time, you know, sometimes in, in practice. Now, I'm lucky at JGR. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't rush through anything. We take as much time as we need at practice. But, um, you know, some of these companies that, that you're at, you're literally you're, you have a small window to mm-hmm. get practice in and work out and, and you, you sometimes miss some things. So being able to have more than enough time, um, you know, at Red Bull was it was great, you know. Brian, you know, we're getting short on time, but, you know, I want you I want to get your thoughts on who impressed you the most in your career. You've been in front of many athletes in this sport. Who are your best tire changers, your best tire carriers are your most impressive at each position? So anytime you you talk about one of the greatest ever (laughs) tire changers. Um, a guy that comes to mind is is Mike Trower. I I learned so much from him, you know, when I was young and changing tires but he was such a, a great professional in everything that he did um to change tires for almost 30 years mm-hmm. at, a, at a really high level in in all the race wins and championships but he he was unbelievable tire mike, mike trower 
Tire carrier, I, I gotta say, from back in the in the Hendrick days, is is Ron Malik. Ooh, good and, one, and Car Chief. And Ooh. that, and and that's why that I I say Ron Malik because he he wasn't the best tire carrier, but what he was able to manage in in all the responsibilities he had as a car mm-hmm. chief, he made it important to work out. He made it important mm-hmm. to practice. Um, he gave you everything he had knowing that the longer he practiced, the longer he was going to be there that night. And that, that didn't bother him. And I was just amazed at, at how he could turn the switch on and off between those two, you know, really valuable positions on that 48 car. And, um, you know, obviously the success that he's had over there is. <laughs> and it's not just being a mechanic and a crew member. He was the car chief. Yeah. For seven time. Yeah. And he was there, if not all. Well, he probably was there for yeah. every single one yeah, of Jimmy Johnson's championships and pitted that car. Who yeah. do you have as tire changers? Uh, Oh, we, we got we got Trower. Trower we got Ron Malik. Ron Malik. Well, let's go to Jackman. Jackman. Um, I think I, when I look at a, a Jackman, and, and because I was able to work with him for a long time over at Penske, is is Ray Gallahan. You know, Ray Ray was probably the best Jackman for for the better part of ten years, from 05 to 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, uh, you know, when they they changed the rule and a Jackman had to learn to carry. Mm-hmm. You know, Ray realized, you know, after five or six races to start the season that that maybe he just it was a skill that he wasn't going to be able to, to mm-hmm. get to as good as he was. So so I really respected when when he kind of pulled himself out of that position, and you know, ultimately ended up back on the the 22 car as as a fueler mm-hmm. and you know obviously being able to win a championship last year was was really nice for Ray and um you know I couldn't be more happy for him the way that his over the wall career ended um with that championship is pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Well said. You know, that's our tire carrier changer. Let's go to the fueler because they're fueler. they're important. So I I love this one. Can't be- forget the fueler. No, you can't. So um I just mentioned that Ray, you know, ended up fueling the 22 car. Well, the reason that that Ray got on that 22 car is because their gas man, a guy by the name of Kellen Mills, um, was going through some contract negotiations over there, and and ultimately they couldn't agree on anything, Mm -hmm. and and Kellen decided he was going to explore other opportunities. So, um, thankfully, uh, we hired Kellen at at JGR, um, you know, start in January as the gas man on the 11 car, right? How did he get there? <laughs> I don't know. But um, anyways, so we, little did, did we know when we hired him mm-hmm. what a great jack man he, he mm-hmm. is. And Kellen transitioned from being a, a gas man into a jack man. So that, I wanted him as a, gas, a jack man anyways. Well, Whenever yeah. I saw his body and his, his stature as a fueler, I was like, oh, man, come on. Yeah. Yeah, oh, well, he's he's really taken to jacking, and and honestly, there was a, a turning point. I think his first week on the car was the All Star race, mm-hmm. and, and that eleven team just keeps getting better and better um, each and every week. And a, and a big part of it is is what Kellen has brought to that team. Mm. You hit the nail on the head. So we got our changer. I agree with that. I mean, Trower, even at Hendrick, you know, Trower had the ability. I mean, he had the job like Tommy in Martin. Have you ever seen the show Martin? We see Tommy all the time, but nobody knew what he did. Yeah. You know, and at Hendrick, all the young guys would see Mike Trower. He would travel to the races. He had the ear of all the coaches. He had the ear of everybody who was a decision maker. But it's like, what is your job? He's not a coach. Yeah. He was just there. So, I mean, I agree with you there. I was like, okay, this guy is somebody. And then Gallahan at the same time, I didn't know him personally, but um, on a personal level. But every time at the track, I mean, epitome me of professionalism and yeah. always look good. I like the crew members that look good and. You yeah. know, and look and presented themselves well, you know. And tire carrier, Ron Malik, 
I'm glad you mentioned him. I'm going to give him a call when I leave here. We got to get him on here because you know he's got some stories, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Captain Ron, you need to bring it out. Man, so Watkins Glen is coming up. Are y'all ready for backward stops and closing? You know, we get, we're short on time, but backward stops and Watkins Glen, you feeling good about yeah, it? Yeah, it's going to be fun. You know, obviously NASCAR put out a rule that you have to start on the outside of the mm-hmm. car. So that that takes half the battle out of the, out of it from figuring out, well, do we want to start inside or, or out? Now everybody has to do that. So I think you're going to see everybody's pretty close to the same choreography and, and it's going to come down to, to clean indexes and, and clean lug nuts and, and not making any big mistakes. But uh, mm-hmm. no, I'm, I'm definitely excited. I think we got a good shot to uh, possibly Go get one, two, win. three again, right? <laughs> <laughs> Two times in a row. I don't know. I got to check the record books if that's ever been done, you know. Yeah. You know, run the podium two weeks in a row. Right. That'd be pretty cool. If anyone can do it, y'all can. Brian Holland, pit crew coach from Joe Gibbs. Thanks for joining us today. I hope you young guys paid attention, man. We got greatness in the house today. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for the opportunity. <laughs> Absolutely.